This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fit. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Haired Outdoors and Max Lure. I'm Britton, your producer. Richie's here. Bobby's here. We're ready to rock. Got special coffee rolling. We got a good, an special awesome show. Special coffee rolling. <laughs> Extra special. special. Yeah, it is, it's flowing. Yes, flowing. it is. It's flowing. It is. We have an awesome show for you today. We have uh, Tony Warren, a friend of both Max Lore and Herod Outdoors. He is a uh, competition barbecue judge. He also is starting his own nonprofit, Operation Catching Freedom. We're super excited to have him on the show, and we will get into that in a little bit. But we just got done packing our bags and are getting ready to head ice fishing. Nice. Yeah, baby. Finally um, going to go do something. We're yeah. going to go... Uh, <laughs> Head over to Curlew um, with Bobby and Robin Schindelar. We're going to go target some perch and some trout through the ice. And uh, one thing we threw into our tackle boxes is a bunch of trolling attractors. And, uh, we've had a lot of questions as the winter's gone on about, you know, why are we using sling blades and why are we using flashlight trolls and pegging, you know, smile blades on our lines and all sorts of stuff. When we're vertical jigging through the ice, it's a great question, one that's a, a relatively new technique Maxler sells an actual pack that includes a sling blade and a, a lure on it. We're going to kind of get into why we're doing that and uh, how it kind of developed up in the in the BC area and kind of is working its way down here. Yeah, Bobby and I kind of learned a little bit about this because we did honestly, you know, ice fishing's new to us. It is as a group. We haven't done a lot of ice fishing in the past. It's not something that we grew up with. Our buddy Danny Coyne and and Mark Roseboom up in in BC do a lot of it. Because because a lot of their water's hard water a lot of the year, <laughs> and so you know they yeah they've been fishing through the ice and are very experienced and we went up and started working with them and one of the things that Danny started doing was using a sling blade as an attractor and we'll we'll get into that I mean I think the principles sound whether you're trolling or you're fishing stationary the whole point is to bring fish to where you are. Yep. And that's kind of what the concept was. And Bobby has a good story that he was he was well, pretty, know, pretty amazed, I think. It absolutely amazed me. That new Garmin unit had come out, and, and Mark had one of the first ones up there in B.C. And we're sitting out on this lake. We've got no fish under us right at the moment. And he pulls up the unit, and he turns the, the head on it, sticks it back down in the ice, and, and now he's looking parallel underneath the ice right right so he's looking out it's only supposed to go out to like uh, it says 120 feet or something like that we're looking out at like 300 feet you can see it was unbelievable we spot a big school of kokanee and so as soon as we spot this school of kokanee we all start jigging a lot we're talking large strokes four or five foot strokes you know down in the water and we've got what three or four of us in there, four of us that are that are jigging. Yeah, I think we're four. Yeah, we there's four. four of us, and, and and we're jigging to beat the band. And all of a sudden, here comes that school of kokanee. They were 300 feet from where we were at. Yep. If we were fishing a small 32nd of an ounce tungsten jig, they wouldn't see that, you yep. know, than the man in the moon. But we're jigging a four inch sling blade, a tractor, something that you use for trolling. 
with a glow hook underneath it and tipped with a piece of corn or shrimp or a maggot. maggot. We're sitting there and we're jigging like four and five foot strokes. So we're and we're all going up and down, up and down. All of a sudden, this school of kokanee starts coming towards us and it gets closer. And finally, when it gets, you know, within like uh, 60 or 70 feet, Mark pulls up the head unit and turns it back down and sets it back down in the water. And these fish come right directly over to where we're at. Having that attractor for those salmonoids and and your trout species works tremendously well. Trout don't run in big giant schools like like kokanee do. Having that attractor was just eye-opening to me. Right. Absolutely eye-opening. Nobody's really done that and, and played with that as far as trying to draw those fish to where you're at. And then fishing with a, a glow hook underneath it and tipped with with your bait, you know, we filmed a video. It, they, it worked tremendously well. We caught a ton of fish. Yeah, if you go to the Herod Outdoors YouTube channel, one of the Northwest Outdoorsman episodes called Ice Cold Kokanee mm-hmm. has lots of underwater video of how we're using those attractors, even including using flashlight trolls. Flashlight trolls which Two blade, will, three blade, four blade. Right, which will kind of do the same thing. You can pull them up, they, they flutter down. Uh, one of the things we do with the sling blades is we put a little bend on them so that when you pull them up, obviously they, they wobble, but when they go down, they also wobble. So you're just really getting, you know, the light that's coming through the ice, reflecting off those uh, attractors, mm-hmm. and it can be seen a long ways in very clear water. Absolutely. And it works really well. And, and you know, you were talking about utilizing the flashlights and stuff. You know, the flashlights, because they have 360-degree flash, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that rotation, you pull up on that thing, and they're, and they're rotating around. They flutter back down. They're still giving giving flash. You can do it with just a, a couple smile blades on right. there, putting a couple smile blades on your line. And I, I've had times when, when nobody's catching any fish, and you have a couple extra smile blades on your line above your, your jig or above your sonic bait fish or your glow hook or whatever you're using. And you're moving that in large strokes where you're drawing fish to right. your hole works tremendously well. When you're in a boat, obviously, you're moving around the lake to try sure. to find fish. Right. And then you're attracting them towards the boat as you go by with your attractors. But here, when you drill a six-inch hole in the ice, yep, yeah, you, you in have, one spot in the lake, yeah, you know you have to bring the fish to you. And this yep. is a great technique for being successful. And the fish do move around, especially trout. What I expect is individual trout cruising the shoreline looking for food uh, right underneath the ice and this technique should work really well for them we can bring those individual fish over and a lot of times when you're ice fishing like that they're looking for the kind of the small small profile bait because that's the thing that they're eating on you know and so you got your attractor but then you have the glow hook with you know maggot or a small piece of corn or whatever it is that you're using uh, you can slow down your jigging and and that's what they're going to you know they're going to find the food at that point oh, yep. there's something to eat absolutely and you don't need to be shy about tying a shorter leader onto this no um we recommend usually what 14 to 16 inches uh, yeah I'd, I'd run 12 to 16 yeah and do you run any split shot between mm-hmm. your lure and the dodger it really depends on if you run that longer leader, you should yeah. because of the fact that you don't want that flopping back yeah, over on top if distance. you're using large strokes. Yeah. You know, what? like I, I explained when we were jigging that four and five foot strokes, when you're doing stuff like that, you got to really pay attention because of the fact 
that your hook will flop back over on top of your tractor. So putting a, a split shot down on your leader helps keep that from flopping back up over the top of it. So yes, it, it is the longer your leader, yes, you want to put a little bit of split shot on there. And we do, we fish those sling blades, especially just a little different because we flip them over, you know, from a traditional trolling setup, don't we? You can go both ways, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, it, we, we, we fish really them both ways. That was one thing that we played with is to find out whether one way worked better than another. It really didn't. So basically is what was happening is, is running it the, the regular way, putting it up on the, on the narrow end on the top. With the cup up at the top or at the, the bottom. The cup down at the bottom, yeah. right. Just like you would a regular trolling application. It seemed to work just, just as well as the opposite direction. When you're putting a little bend in it, which you can do with any of the nickel sling yeah. blades, yeah. It, it's you know not going to have that big of a difference whether it's up or no. down. No, but, you, but you're, you're getting a different type of flutter sure. movement. The key is to have it wobble in the in the water yep. and, and in fact it even make a little bit of vibration like that so sure either way really works because you're just you're going straight up straight down well all, all of that adds to yeah. drawing fish to where you're at you're, they're going to eat the glow hook right you know they're, they're looking for that small presentation underneath there but the attraction is drawing them from to, that to your six dodger or from <laughs> yeah. the yeah from the uh flashlight or whatever you know smile blade whatever you're doing so, i'll give you one little tip about that too if you're fishing a little bit deeper water especially you know like if we're fishing for kokanee and you're getting down to 40 50 feet for example because that's where you're seeing the fish on your graph when you drop your sling blade and your glow hook and you've got that bend in it drop it slowly because if you drop it quickly just free spool that thing and you've got that bend in it yeah. it may take off and go over to your buddy and wrap up with your buddy <laughs> And so if you let it go slow, I mean, because really when you're jigging, you want to jig straight up and down. Yeah. So if you let it go fast and it goes underneath the ice over there and wraps around Bobby and Britton's stuff, they're going to be pissed. Exactly. But then you can't jig up straight up and down. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and you have a cluster. You need to be as vertical as oh, yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah so. I think I'm getting bitten. Richie's got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of fun. If the fishing's slow, you can mess with your friends that way. But just know that when you put a bend in it, they will they tend to like want to go somewhere. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So So that's uh what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be targeting, you know, we'll be targeting perch, but it's so fun. You and know, when we went and well yeah, well that's what it is, is when we went down to Cascade, you go down there to catch jumbo <laughs> perch, the first thing I kept hook into yeah. I thought it was a world record perch. <laughs> I did. Oh, yeah. 22-inch 20, rainbow yeah. comes through there. That was so fun. That like, was a nice fish. And that I didn't have an attractor on there, but that was that's so fun. So I'm excited to go because I haven't done the traditional just go target trout through the ice. Yeah, I've, right. Yeah. I've mostly just fished for perch. So we're excited. Bobby and Robin will have us dialed in, and uh, we will report back. We are going to get into an interview with... Tony Warren of Operation Catching Freedom when we get back from the break. Harrods Cookhouse Pioneer Barbecue Sauce is the perfect blend of heat and tanginess with low sugar. Great on any wild game, but also pork, chicken, or beef. And this month of February, we're having show prices on all of our Harrods Cookhouse products, including the barbecue sauce. Go to HarrodOutdoors.com. Well, here we are. I'm with uh, my buddy Tony Warren today. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So, Tony, our timing is off a little bit. Why are we meeting in the morning 
here uh, at Badger Mountain Brewery? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Is it too early to start? Well, I'm an early person anyway, so <laughs> yeah. it's never really too early. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, here we are. We're at uh, Badger Mountain Brewing. Where are we located? Uh, we're down here. I believe it's Columbia Street here yeah. in Wenatchee, Washington. Yeah, we're right right down by Pivus Market. Yeah, just this, on the other side of the railroad tracks. Yeah, perfect place to meet. Good good thought. <laughs> yeah, Galen Goodwin's a, good, a great guy. Yeah, this is a great place, so I appreciate it. So, hey, and thanks for getting together with me today. I think uh, folks will really be interested in your story. Well, thanks for having me. So a couple things we're going to talk about with Tony is, well, we're going to talk fishing because uh, that's how we got to know each other. And we're going to talk a little bit about his story and then the other thing we like to talk about because we both have a passion in it is cooking and Tony is a hell of a cook so you're going to find out all kinds of things about him maybe let's start out Tony just tell folks what your background is well I was born and raised here in Wenatchee Washington uh, went to Rock Island grade school graduated Eastmont probably like most kids didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of high school so I joined the Marine Corps ah. did four years over there uh, ended up getting married she didn't really like my job over there in the Marine Corps so I ended up <laughs> getting out and then uh, became a mechanic for a little while and found out that the outdoors was more what I was looking for out of life yeah. so became a fishing guide for a little while. I started fishing bass tournaments and got into that and of course kind of got burnt out on that. So then I got into salmon fishing and got into walleye fishing. So now I pretty much try to do it all if I yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's just like the rest of us. He likes to do it all, whatever's in season. Exactly. So tell, tell me, so the four years you're in the Marine Corps, where were you stationed? Uh, I was stationed at Camp Pendleton. I was uh, with Amphibious Assault, which are the uh, Amtrak vehicles that launch off the back of ships, and then they hit the shore. We carry 25 combat-loaded infantry. Every, let's see, 18 months, I would head over to Japan for six months. I see. And my last tour over uh, in Japan, as soon as I got there, that's when the Gulf War was breaking out. So I was in Japan for probably less than a month before we got shipped over to Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. So you were there how long? I was over there, I want to say, for about 13 months. The ground war only lasted for a couple days, right. but we were over there for, yeah, for a lot longer setting yeah. up and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. A lot of logistics involved in something like that. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So one of the things we want to talk about is what you've been doing recently with veterans, uh, trying to get them in the outdoors. So talk about that real quick. Yeah, you know, like I said, the outdoors was uh, one of my passions, especially when I got out of the Marine Corps. It really helped me deal with a lot of stuff because I was just like any other veteran, struggling with, you know, just struggling with life in general, yeah. being a civilian. And uh, fishing was just a way for me to escape reality a lot of times. So I think it was like in the winter, a lot of stuff I come up with seems to be around the winter time when I'm sitting there and yeah. watching TV. <laughs> and uh, in 2018, I was sitting there and I just had an idea about working with my local bass club and seeing if they wanted to do a weekend of uh, getting veterans out uh, fishing. And with a lot of bass fishermen, well, it all depended on if there wasn't a tournament going on. And after a while, I finally came up with the second weekend of May, uh, contacted Murdon Resort. They've been terrific there, and they've allowed us to have our uh, tournament there so far. This will be going on. This, 
our fourth year, but COVID hit us in 2020, right, so we, right. we weren't able to have it then. We had it last year, and uh, it just it turned out great. And just like I love barbecuing, we always had a barbecue to all, right. all of our events, so that, that's been a big plus, too, to get the guys that like to fish to come out and yeah. fish and eat. And especially for the veterans, you know, instead of just taking them out for a day of fishing and high by and right. had a good time, it's nice to have a, a barbecue, barbecue where everyone can sit down and get to know each other and just to talk about their experience that they had for the day of fishing. Tony, I've talked about this before. You know, in my career, I worked for the Forest Service and I fought fire most of my career. And what I find is I know a lot of people in the Marine Corps. In fact, uh, the Marine Corps have been helping the wildland fire agencies uh, with some of the training because the Marine Corps has some really great leadership values that cross right over into wildland. And, right, and, and so right. I know a lot of mer- folks from the, or retired Marine Corps, and we've had a lot of talks over beers, you know. In a way, in a way we're the same. We, we go into dangerous places, we sleep in the dirt, and, you know, uh, the chance of being hurt or killed is always right there. And in my career, we had... We lost lots of colleagues uh, over over the years, in my almost 30 years of doing that. And I also know a lot of people that struggle, struggle in a big way, coping with all of those kinds of things. And one thing I do know is that going fishing is a good way to just sort of get it off your chest or 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 put it in a place that's good. It is. It really is. You can do it by yourself or you can do it with a buddy. It just depends on how you're feeling that day. And it's amazing how when you get out there that everything you were thinking about, even on the way up there, has just disappeared. And all you're doing is thinking about the next bite or looking at the fish swimming around you that aren't biting or, you know, or looking at the boat across from you that's catching all the fish and you're over there struggling to get a bite. Exactly. And and that's fine, too. It's not about catching fish, really at the end of the day you know it was just about getting out there and learning every time i go out i learn something new about fishing and yeah it's a pretty humbling sport especially when you get into the get into the tournament part of it yeah yeah exactly you find that folks that are coming out and participating like in that tournament and everything that's um they're looking for an outlet correct yeah you know my bass my bass event really isn't a tournament it's just getting a veteran out for a day of fishing and really showing them why why a lot of us have 10 rods on the deck of our boat Mm -hmm. you know they're like our tools it's for each situation where when you're fishing you know sometimes you'll run into a rock pile you'll use different things sometimes you'll run into weed lines you use different things so that's really what it's about is just learning you know about bass fishing if you've never done it And because it can be intimidating when you see all the boats and all the tackle and thinking, well, I don't know how to cast. I don't know how to, you know, do this. But and after at the end of the day, you'll realize, well, that was a lot of fun and it wasn't as hard as it hard as it seems. And and there comes some addiction with, you know, getting the gear and everything. And so that might even give them a new a new lease on, oh, this is what I need to do and focus on getting all the things they need to fish you know? well yeah that's another thing it's it's not a poor man's sport, it's if, not you a get, poor man's sport. if you get too carried away with yeah. it yeah. but then it's not that expensive either right. depending on on where you take it you and i met because you like to walleye fish i do i've I seen, seen you out on the water and we we've talked a fair amount about you know walleye fishing and kibitz back and forth and uh, one thing i know you have done before is just set up a camp and fish for weeks and invite 
I'm assuming uh, several of your veterans up to, to walleye fish too, right? Yeah, I do. That usually happens around the end of September. I'll go up to Steamboat State Park and uh, stay for until they kick me out. Which <laughs> yeah. Generally, it's been when they shut off the water because uh, it's course. getting ready to freeze. Right. And uh, I'll get, just get on uh, social media and post that I have an open seat right. and, uh, for a veteran to come up and fish. That's a beautiful place to take folks. It is. Banks Lake's a really nice place. Talk about relaxing and forget all the worries of the world. That's one of my favorite places. It is. <laughs> you know, the water's nice if you want to jump in. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of fish out there. Not They're not always biting, but... They've got walleye, they've got bass, they've got whitefish, they've got trout. You never know what you're going to get, do you? No, you don't. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So tell me about your latest venture here. you got something going on. You're going to start a a nonprofit, aren't you? I am. I started (laughs) Operation Catching Freedom, and that started a couple years ago just because this bass event started snowballing. And, you know, the community has just been wonderful. I've got just so much support, and I really haven't had to – you know, they've came actually yeah. looking for me to sure. help support my organization, which is wonderful. We started Operation Salmon as well last year, oh. and that turned out <laughs> to be a great event, and everybody's excited to do it again. And this year I added Operation uh, Walleye, so we'll be doing a walleye event nice. September 24th. 5th, I believe, at uh, Cooley Playland. So now we've got three events going going on. And what we do, what I've been doing is working with organ, other organizations like uh, the Fallen Outdoors right. and the Tour of Duty, and I will give them boater seats. I'll keep maybe five, mm. and then I'll give them five spots for their organization sure. to sure. fill. And I've also added first responders. So oh. I'm working with Brian Brett, and so we're going to include them in on our fishing trips now. So the kind of the, the way you do that a little bit, don't you uh, ask for volunteers for, for I captains? Do, I do. With with the with the uh, bass, I just went to the bass club, so that was a little bit easier. Right. And now, uh, being that we're going on our fourth year, I've got other uh, tournament fisher from Spokane and Seattle joining in. Mm-hmm. So this year, I'm we've been at 15 boats and 15 veterans this year we're moving up to 20 uh, veterans and 20 boaters oh, uh, that's a pretty ambitious yeah uh, you know <laughs> i don't want to get too much more yeah. than that but if it does organize. happen and yeah. it works out smoothly i'm mm. fine with that i just don't want to so if if someone in the local area wanted to volunteer to help you out with some of these things how would they go about getting a hold of you you know the best way to get a hold of us is through our website we're okay. really trying to push everyone towards our website which is uh, at operation catchingfreedom.org okay uh, we are on facebook and we are on instagram as you know i do a lot of posting on facebook yeah, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't reach all our the people we want sure, so we're sure. trying to get a lot of people going to our face our to our website, website. Mm-hmm. where we'll have uh all the details of what's what's going on and and how to enter and then we started a forum there where i'm actually going to do the drawings on our website and you can enter on our website versus facebook oh okay we'll advertise on facebook but you can go to our website right because not because not everybody is a like social media in fact it may not be the best thing that's one thing I've noticed, especially with the older veterans. Yeah, you know, they don't need that. The younger veterans, you almost have to be on social yeah, media nowadays yeah. to get get their attention, and it's worked great, you know. So this is a this is a two way thing. So if the, if you have a, if you're a veteran and you'd like to be involved, go to the website, 
if you want to volunteer to help Tony out, go to the website and contact your correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We are working on getting our 501c3 now, so we should have it before this spring. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit of paperwork involved in doing it. Now, this is for Operation... This is for Operation Catch and Freedom, so we will be a 501c3. So you have to have vice presidents, secretaries, and treasurers, and I've got a wonderful person coming aboard, Sabrina Turner over in Vancouver. She's worked with a lot of veterans, and she hit me up a couple months ago about coming and working for us, and she really wants to concentrate on female veterans. So we're going to add a uh, female veteran outreach program oh, to nice. Operation Catch and Freedom where we'll do some fundraising and hold hold events or she will hold events. The guys will stay out of it. Right. Where uh, they'll do different things for uh, the military women yeah, that have served. Because awesome. they, they're going through a lot. They go through different stuff than we go through. Sure. And I'm just starting to, to hear about it mm-hmm. uh, as I'm getting more involved into veterans. So I'm looking forward to doing that and she helps bring the 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 lady veterans over for our bass event too yeah so we save some seats for them as well and they all have a great time so and then at these events let's let's transition to this you like to do a barbecue so let's tell everybody else what else you do you you like to do barbecue but it's not just (laughs) doing barbecue you like you're, you're taking it to another level well, yeah, that's just my habit of everything I do. I always seem to take it to the next level. And, and just like everything else I get myself into, it happened during the wintertime. Yeah. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and I flip over to the pitmasters. Yeah. And next thing I know, I, my wife walks through the door, and I say, hey, I think I'm going to get into judging barbecue. Yeah, there you, know? you go. She just kind of rolls her eyes, and the next year I'm judging barbecues, right. and I'm judging state competitions. And uh, I was telling myself, well, I guess to be a better judge, I probably should learn how to cook a barbecue. <laughs> there <laughs> and, is that. <laughs> yeah. So I teamed up with Doug Canada here in East Wenatchee from uh, the Pork Daddy's Barbecue Team. And he's oh, kind of yeah. taken me under his wing. And uh, we've been doing some competitions together. And yeah. I've been learning yeah, as, yeah. as I go along yeah. uh, what to do and what not to do and how finicky the the judges are judges are yeah so and then i'm doing the state competitions as well and our first competition is at the puyallup sportsman show uh february the weekend of february 4th i believe yeah yeah it's coming up here yeah yeah there there's a lot that goes into making good barbecue and it's kind of a patient sort of thing and um lots of different flavors and everybody has their own way what what is kind of your what is your process? You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I love backyard barbecue, yeah. and I love backyard grilling. I like my chicken on briquettes, yep. you know. I like a little char on it. I like yeah. the crispiness. In competition barbecue, uh, you just can't have it, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Everything's a beauty competition, and it's a one-bite It's a one bite deal. Yeah. So that one bite has to be a pretty special bite for the judges. Yeah. So you never know where you're going to land up. It's it's fun practicing. You get a little burnout on barbecue yeah. Yeah, and I'm steak sure you do. practicing and barbecue <laughs> sauces. 
but it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Everyone in the barbecue industry over there and that competes and uh, like yourself, make sauces yeah. and spices. You know, they're just great people to hang out with. They're always helping everyone out and uh, showing different recipes. And that's what's fun, I think. You know, and I'm kind of like you, obviously. Uh, I like the backyard stuff, <laughs> and that's how kind of I mean, we got into it. Is you know doing uh, stuff in our backyard with uh, fish and wild game and you know, how we came up with some of our own seasonings. And part of it is we wanted to pair things with fish and wild game. And so it's a little different than what you're doing. But, you know, I think our barbecue sauce works pretty well for most things. Oh, it's delicious. I've <laughs> used it. I use it plenty of times, yeah, you've that's got, for sure. You've gone through quite a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate whether you're cooking barbecue or you're doing things for veterans. It's just a great part of our community and just super appreciate you doing all you're doing. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks for supporting us, Richie. Yeah, you bet. You've, uh, you've been there since day one, and oh, yeah. you've been helping me with my barbecue. Oh, yeah. By helping <laughs> me out with spices and barbecue sauce. So yep. hopefully we can work more together in Absolutely. the future. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, well, uh, if you can make September 24th and make an appearance, we'd love to have you. Yeah, if I'm not bow hunting, you know, I'll no, probably I be understand. around. I understand. <laughs> Come September and October, a yeah, lot of people yeah, start to hit the hills. Yeah. But uh, absolutely, I'm, I'm always there to help you out with this stuff. Thanks for your time today. Uh, appreciate you sitting down, and I know you're busy as well, and, and we'll have to do this again, huh? Yeah, definitely, for sure. All right, I on. enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Okay, talk to you later, Tony. All right. It was a lot of fun speaking with Tony and hearing about what he's doing for veterans here in our local community and around the Northwest. And he's a great guy and hope to be doing some more things with him as we go into the future here. I want to go fishing with him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, Tony and I have not met. And it's one of those things that I we talk on the phone, right. the whole nine yards. I got to get out and go fishing. Yeah, it'd be fun to show up there at his, sure. his his camp, you know, down there and go out. I mean, besides that, the guy can cook. I've I I haven't got a fish with him, but you I've mean, been lucky enough to eat quite a bit of his yeah, barbecue. He's good. And, uh, oh, great! He's, you know, he's he's a good he's a good uh, <laughs> pit master. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm excited. You know, I'm hoping to get Max Lure and get involved with that. Uh, while Avani does up there, it's so cool that he's giving back to not only veterans but first responders and yeah. you know um, Operation Catching Freedom nonprofit that he's starting is such a cool thing. Well, yeah. we, we need to be involved. Yeah, he's doing a great job, and it's all on his own accord. You know, yeah. he just really wants to help veterans and first responders in our community, and I think it's really admirable. Sure, a lot of fun. Well, we'll be talking to him more. All right. Well, then uh, we're gonna go head over to Curlew and see uh, see what we can find through the ice. Uh, we will report back on how that uh, trip goes. But uh, between then, we'll be getting into show season, and that should be a blast. Should be. We'll be talking to a lot of different people, too. Yeah, so make sure you come on down to uh, Puyallup uh, the 2nd through the 6th, 6th or 7th. 7th, I believe. And then uh, two weeks prior or following that, we'll be down in Portland. The Richie will be in uh, Redmond and uh, Spokane for the Bighorn Show. But uh, if we don't see you there, we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>